again i'm so excited i'm so excited i love being a guest on your pod it's one of my favorite things it's it's gonna be a hoot because uh today you are you're driving this train you are the conductor you are the you you are bringing the heat because i don't know what we're talking about because i had shall we say a weird week last week a lot of things happened but good good things good things good things things, but things that completely derailed certain schedules and things uh and so i i happened it does happen. And so I was like, hey, oh, uh, hey, bud, you free tomorrow? <laughs> and, and you were like, yeah. And I was like, cool. Do you have an episode? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Look, you can count on me to I, come freewheeling in with some something. I mean, something. I, kn- I know. I know I can. There's like a, there's a handful of people I know that I can call in at the last minute to just save my ass. It's you. It's Victoria Aveline. It's pretty much anyone at the bookshop, but they can't be trusted. So, I, I, you know, I trust them to do something, just maybe not the thing that I want them to do. So, uh-huh. you know, it, you, you, you're, yep. you've made the bench, Amalia. I'm, I'm very, I'm very pleased by this. What an honor. Thank you. Thank you for being here as I drink my coffee and try to wake up uh, and be a human being. Which Listen, I'm two hours ahead of you and having the same struggle, so... It's hard. It's real hard. I don't know what life is right now, but it is exhausting. The season is changing, and I don't like when the season is changing. Yeah. yeah. I love... Fall's my favorite season, but yeah. this, like, transition time where, like, the sun is coming up later is really, really hard for me. I know. And also when you get the spikes into, like, the super... Wait, you live in the wrong place. You don't have that. Wait, no. Say. Spikes into super high temperatures because you haven't fully transitioned into fall but like we always so we get what's called the san francisco second summer oh um which is like so for most of the traditional summer it's like 60 here Uh um and and foggy because the the hot air uh from the valley hits the marine layer and just makes a layer of fog um and uh but there's always a like we have usually a um like a week of like really intense heat in like July, early August, and then it goes back mm-hmm. to being what's called foggest. Um, mm-hmm. And then usually in September, we get like two weeks of a heat wave that San Francisco yeah. is fully unprepared for. Uh, because right. again, if you only get like two weeks out of the entire year right. where things aren't right. bad, like You're you don't. Not, you don't have the infrastructure. No, you don't get yeah. like air conditioning in places. Um, and a couple mm-hmm. of times we've broken over 100. Um, during those weeks and like our entire city has been like destroyed <laughs> so uh we are kind of like the last few days have been like weirdly nice so i suspect we're heading into our second summer here um yeah. in the next couple of weeks um and then it'll be you know fall so. yeah we're i think in the last gas the last gas the trees have already started to turn colors and once that happens it's like two weeks and mm-hmm. then it's winter and then it's just white, white everywhere. And it's just then it's just winter. Winter, yeah. winter is here. Winter is a different animal for you. Winter for us is like wet. 
winter for us is like eternal snow. Yeah. And you just, it just never melts. And then, <laughs> and then it turns into snurt. <laughs> and it's just like a gray film over everything. I remember, what was it you sent me last year where you were like, Abigail, it's just white. It's so white. <laughs> <laughs> Because we got that late blizzard and yeah. everything was just, oh, yeah, no, everything. Yeah. Your eyes start to long for green. Yeah. That, that is, that's the truth. Okay. All right. Okay. We got things so, to do. We got things to talk about. What are we talking I'm about I'm driving today? this bus today. Yeah. And today, I like how we downgraded from train to bus. I mean, it's accurate, <laughs> but rude. Sorry. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about three classics. Yes. Of romantic sci-fi and fantasy. Romantic genre fiction. As I like to think of them, these are the gateway drugs from science fiction and fantasy into romance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Right? mm -hmm. Because, like, Mm -hmm. some of them are on the line, Mm -hmm. but they were all marketed as fantasy. Yeah. And sold as fantasy, and that's where they're shelved in the bookstore. However, the impressionable reader that I am, mm-hmm. oh my God, I was all in for the romances and everyone else should be too. Yeah. So. I was, when I was looking into them, I was kind of getting the vibe that like, if I hadn't, because of my weird reading journey, I kind of skipped yeah. right from like, I, I read YA for only about a year until I mm-hmm. just dove right into adult fiction. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that if I had had more of a transitionary period, I probably would have gotten into these because I, I remember I literally went from reading the um, it has like four different names. I don't know why. The Lioness Rampant, the Tamora Pierce, Alana series, yeah, 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 which I yeah. fucking loved, still yeah, love. Yeah, Best yeah. series of all time. So good. She kicks ass. Romance so good. Um, but I rise up right from that to to reading Crossley Cole, like literally, like like Twilight, uh Tamora Pierce, and then <laughs> Crossley Cole. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, wow, I didn't yeah. have a tr- yeah. I didn't have a transitionary period, but I imagine yeah. if I had, I, I would have gone from probably Tamora Pierce to like Kushiel's Dart to, you know, like Oh man, you would love Kushiel's Dart. Yeah. You need to read it. I, I know. You specifically. Me specifically? You specifically need to read it. Yes. It, like, I think a lot of people should read it, to yeah. be perfectly honest. But, like, specifically you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been sitting on I, I brought it in. So I, because of you, um, I brought it into the bookstore. Uh, yes. And I will say the reason that I was thinking about it recently was because I think it's having a bit of a resurgence. I saw yeah, well, the tour was Tessiel pushing it. Servant just came out. That would make so sense, yeah. So this is, so Cassiel's, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Cassiel's servant is uh, basically the hero is getting his book telling his side of the story. Oh. Finally. He's getting um, his midnight sun treatment. He's getting a midnight sun treatment, yes. We'd love to see and it. So this is like, everybody is like clamoring for this because yeah. the hero is such a tortured just oh you can't see me but <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of like chef kiss hands happening here. Yeah. a lot of like italian hands yeah italian hands yeah. um <clears throat> and 
so so I think that that's why Kushal's Dart they're pushing Kushal's Dart again yeah. in the original trilogy because when I read it and I came to Kushal's Dart late mm-hmm. okay like 2019 late mm-hmm. like as in 10 years too late to realize that it should have been my comp title for Forged by Fate mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so <clears throat> I came to the series late and I actually had to order used copies yeah. and have them shipped from Powell's uh-huh cross country <laughs> yeah i'm not surprised in order to get books two and three mm-hmm. um because the first book was on amazon no problem like it was like like super cheap five dollars mm-hmm. right for the mass market paperback but the rest of the the or first trilogy of the books was like hard to find yeah yeah i mean especially in 2019 was that yeah. Pre? Was that just before the it pandemic? Was pre. It was pre. pre- yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, I've been saying, but we have been living in a paper shortage for a lot longer than people realize. Yeah. And so yeah. those mid-series books for, for series that maybe aren't doing gangbusters anymore are getting yeah. cold, like in yeah. a major way. And they were getting cold yeah. before the pandemic. It's even worse now. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. So, yeah, I, um, and because like, also, cause I'm a snob and, I prefer to have a paperback in my hands instead of reading an ebook, especially with like a doorstop. Like Kushal yeah. Start, she's Kushal a Start is queen. a chonky book. Like this pa- mass market paperback is nine hundred and twelve pages. How are those margins? How are the margins? The margins are non-existent. non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, oh, your thumb will be in the way. <laughs> God, I fucking uh, love when you mass are reading this book. So um, good. <laughs> so, like, it, it was definitely, like, that's the kind of book that you just want the visceral experience of holding in yeah, your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you're doing the ebook, it's like, I'm not making progress. How am I still only 1% in? Wah, wah. Like, there's yeah. something psychological about the progress bar in an ebook that just, for long books, that just hurts me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So okay, so we're gonna start with we're gonna start with Kushal's Dark, which is actually the newest of the three books that I I'm gonna discuss with you today. Okay, okay, okay. So I wanted to like start by like just like reading a little bit of from the back cover. Yeah, yeah. For give those me of you give me those saucy who have never heard of Kushal's Dark by Jacqueline Carey, please please look it up. Came out in 2002. I'll say. 2002. The paperback came out in 2002. It was originally released in 2001. 2001? Yes, Queen. I thought for sure it was 1999, but no. okay. I mean, I, lo- I looked up on McMillan's yeah, website. No, 2001, you're right. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. This feels like, weirdly, mm-hmm. it should be older. I thought it came out in the 80s, for sure. But also, that was still 20 years ago. We can't talk about that, Amalia. <laughs> we can't talk about that. I am on vacation. Do you see my background? Yes, I'm yes, trying yes. to relax. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So. Here's the here's the the hook. Okay. When love cast me out, it was cruelty who took pity on me. Wow. Wow. So <clears throat> the land of Terdiang is a place of unsurpassing beauty and grace. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. It is said that angels found the land and saw it was good and the and the ensuing race that rose from the seed of angels and men lived by one simple rule. Love as thou wilt. Love as thou wilt. I love to see that. That is like the central precept of this book. Uh-huh. And like 
not just the book, but the entire culture that Jacqueline Carey creates uh-huh. in this wild medieval fantasy alt history like huh. romantic BDSM sexy book. We'd love to see it. I love all yeah. those things. So uh, the book is about this this woman, Phaedra, and she she's basically marked by her gods. Mm-hmm. Like she has like a physical like mark in her eye mm-hmm. that like means she is like a special chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what that chosen one like what that means for her is that she is like <sighs> pain and pleasure are so woven together for her mm-hmm. that they're like that like pain is pleasure and ecstasy. And pleasure and ecstasy are also pleasure and ecstasy. So she's, like, really good at, like, just being a sub. Okay. Basically. We love to right? see it. Good for her. Like, like divinely graced. <laughs> the God's given sub. Some dumb yes. out there is just on his knees ready to accept. Yes. 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 So, <laughs> which is, like like, such a wild... Like, this is yeah. 2001. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, when did Anne Rice release her ridiculous, over-the-top uh, BDSM fairy tale retellings? I think it was in the water. Oh, I think that was before that. Yeah. 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 So, like, this is, like, the things that I love about this book is, number one, like, there's, like, a number of ships. Mm-hmm. That you can, like, invest in. Because this is, like, equal opportunity. Phaedra is... Like, easily, if not pansexual, bisexual. We love to see it. Um, She loves where she wilt. Mm-hmm. And fully embraces that. And then, um, and then the other thing that I really love about it is the mythic world building. Mm-hmm. For me, as a pagan, mm-hmm. it was like coming home. Mm-hmm. Like, being seen. Like, even though the the mythology that she's building is built off of Christianity. Um, yeah, that's what I was seeing. It's built off of Christianity and um, uh, like it, Jewish like, folklore as well. Off. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though it, it's built from those same blocks, like, uh-huh. it still feels very pagan. And there, there are other pagan faiths represented in the book, like, where, like, these other gods are, st- are out there, too, doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Phaedra is engaging with these other divine powers, mm-hmm. kind of, um, as she's navigating political intrigue and love and politics. Yeah, yeah, and it is a lot of political intrigue, but like, yeah, the heart is definitely Phaedra. Phaedra's journey and Phaedra's. Like, she decides that she's going to become basically uh, Nama's servant, which means that she's basically a, a she's a whore, mm-hmm. um, but like a sacred. I love whore. a sacred prostitute. Yeah. I love it. I sacred love Sacred prostitute. I love yes. them. Shamat till the end of days, my friends. We love <laughs> yeah, to see yeah. it. We love her. We love them. Yeah. Doing, yeah. doing quite literally Lord's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I love that kind of like take on 
prostitution too yeah. like where it's like we they they recognize the value of sex work yeah yeah right and not everybody does yeah but it's still like it's it's an important thing that serves an important function inside of the society that's yeah. being built mm-hmm. so like love and romance and sex are central to the plot and the story and the world Mm-hmm. Because the world is told through from the lens of someone who's a sacred prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the whole story. And as the trilogy continues, like we learn that Phaedra has like a divinely chosen job to do that it relates to her ability to take so much. Like she can like that she can like withstand so much mm-hmm. because of her Kushal's dart gifts. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, did you ever read, I know, actually, I feel like I know this answer, but I, anyway, um, Kristen Cashore's Grace Lane. Yes, I love Grace Lane. Yes, so good, right? And the mm-hmm. idea of the graces in, in that book and her mm-hmm. particular grace mm-hmm. um, and how it isn't exactly what it appears to be at first mm-hmm. and how that, like, completely changes her entire perspective yes. on her whole life. Yes. Um, good shit. We love that shit. So yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't read Grace I mean, I also Also that... a romance. There's sex in that yes. book. It's YA. And yes. it is a full-on romance. It's so good, too. So I mean, Fire is my personal favorite of yeah. that series, but Graceling is also excellent. I also like Bitter Blue. Did you know she writes all yeah, of her I books like longhand? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I used to follow her on LiveJournal. Yeah. <laughs> and her books are long. Yes. Too. Like, that's a lot of longhand. Graceling is also a graphic novel now. Yes, I have it. Well, then I guess I've got nothing for you, Amalia. You think I don't know? I already have all the books. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Whatever, I guess. (laughs) So, I mean, okay. Like, I feel like it's important to say, like, I don't think, like, I don't think this is a perfect book. Yeah. Right? Like, there are, like, the way that Jewish, the Jewish tradition is handled Mm -hmm. and the way that the Roma people are... (sighs) Care, yeah. Like I like I don't know how how those groups feel mm-hmm. about the representations in this book. Yeah, like I know that I was kind of like hmm when I was reading it, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> yeah, where I was like, mm. but um, I still think it's worth reading. Like yeah. And like, ex- like because I feel like it's also it's like just foundational to romanticy as it exists today. Yeah, like, like you wouldn't have, have your you wouldn't have your Sarah J. Masses without no without, without Kushal's dark. Yeah, there's yeah. no way yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> that's book one. Book one. Book one. Um, and then okay, so let's go to. The oldest, the oldest book that I'm I want to talk I'm about. I'm excited. Today. I'm I'm trepidatious, but I'm excited. It's the Crystal Singer trilogy by Anne McCaffrey. Oh, so I only know her for the what is it, the Pern, Pern? books? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like the Crystal Singer trilogy is like an is like overshadowed entirely by Pern, mm-hmm. but 
I fucking love these books. Yeah. I was gifted this book in 1998 from, like, I don't know, somebody thought it was appropriate for me. <laughs> it was published in 1982. Wowza! Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know that it was appropriate for 1998 me, but, like, no one was going to stop me once it was given to me, so... Her name was Kilachandra Ree. And after 10 grueling years of musical training, she was young, beautiful, of course, and still without prospects. Then she heard of the mysterious Heptite Guild on the planet Ballybran, where the fabled Black Crystal was found. For those qualified, the Guild was said to provide careers, security, and the chance for wealth beyond imagining. The problem was, few people who landed on Ballybran ever left. <gasps> to kill a Chandra, the risks were acceptable. Dun, dun, okay, dun. you can see how this jacket copy was obviously written to like tone down the romance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, where's the smooching, fam? I know you would in not there. know. Yeah, <laughs> how central all of her romances are yeah. to the like stories of these books mm-hmm. if you had not read them. Yeah, but like she. First of all, Kilachandra is like, she will settle for absolutely nothing but number one. Like, she wants to be number one, and she doesn't care what field she has to be in to be number one. She's going to be number one. We love to see a girl boss. Yeah. Like, incredible. Yeah. Um, she was going to be an interstellar opera star. And then they were like, actually, no. And she was like, well, Then fuck what you. else you got, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to go join this guild that literally like people don't survive joining. Can I, can I, can I, can I tell yeah. you something? Yeah. Can I tell you yeah. about one of my favorite books of all time that yes. I will never be able to find? I don't know the title. What? It is, it is in the ether. There's, I have spent hours looking for this book. I have sent tell me. my book selling friends on the hunt for this book. Tell me, tell me. Technically, it's a romance. Uh-huh. Technically. You know how your girl is a big <laughs> pulp sci-fi collector and fan? Uh-huh. So I started collecting pulp sci-fi novels, wow, probably senior year of high school around then. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been uh-huh. collecting them a while. And I used to just read whatever, like any garbage that crossed my path. Because right, I right, just right. find, I As find. As we all did. Well, it's not even that. Like, I knew they were garbage. These books were just insane. The plots were insane. Like, they they were written clearly in an acid trip over, like, a weekend kind of insane. Right, right. And um, I I found this one book. I don't remember what it was called. I desperately wish I could. And I wish I had the book still. Unfortunately, I sent it to a friend of mine. Oh, no. um, Who I don't really talk to anymore just because we were friends in high school. I don't really talk to her anymore. But, um... Because it was so insane. I was like, you need to read this. I literally sent it mm-hmm. to her in the mail. And then mm-hmm. I don't have it anymore. Right. But um, it was a book about this opera singer. He was a guy. Um, he It was like a like an alien, you know, human alien civilization thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, he was going on vacation. He was going on a cruise to this, mm-hmm. like, it was an exotic cruise full of, like, other movie stars and stuff who uh-huh. were going to this previously like completely unexplored planet it was like one of those like safari situation things Uh but like on uh an alien planet and he goes Uh and i don't remember what happened but he somehow gets stranded on this planet 
Uh-huh. And he's by himself. And the planet appears to be mostly unpopulated. There's only, like, small mammals kind of running around. Uh-huh. It's like a desert, more or less. Uh-huh. Except for these giant boulders that are everywhere. And... What? <laughs> are these rock people are we going to talk about rock people well it's hard you (laughs) technically i wouldn't call go so far as call them people but they are organisms Uh uh-huh and they do have a will of their own you don't Uh really find out they're people till like the very end of the book but he does get done swallowed up by (laughs) a giant rock and the reason that the rock swallows people is because in order to reproduce they have to swallow like something living that will then right. scratch to get out. Because on, on the inside they're like soft fleshy, so the right, outside right, is like right, a rock, right. but the inside is right. like an organism. And right. they have to scratch at this like the walls to get out. And when they scratch, they fertilize the the rock, and then the rock can make more other rocks. Wow. And then okay, okay but yeah. here's it. Okay, yeah. but Amalia, once they're done, <laughs> traditionally they then flood the inside of their their bellies essentially with acid and digest whatever was inside. Uh-huh. Um except this one rock goes, you know, this this organism's like kind of fun. I think I'm just going to keep them around. What? <laughs> so this so this opera singer becomes oh her fertilization pet. And uh-huh. she just keeps him around and she starts to feed him like via her stomach. She can just uh-huh. like give him nutrients and stuff. Uh-huh. And he learns to love the rock. Oh my God. And he continues to fertilize her whenever she's ready and they so make this rock is babies. Alien romance yes. meets Jonah and the whale. Yeah, it's alien romance <laughs> vor with rocks. That's amazing. And he ends up becoming basically a mole person because he's just locked inside of her and she doesn't get to leave. And so he, like, loses all of his hair. He becomes, like, basically blind. He, like, he just becomes this, like, white worm inside of her. Uh And he cares for their their rock young. And then she becomes, like, turns out the rocks have, like, a culture. And they uh-huh. can, like, communicate telepathically with each other. And because uh-huh. she has done this thing, people are like, oh, my God, you're, like, so successful. You keep making babies. Like, how are you doing that? Like, it's hard for them uh-huh. to trap people inside of them, right? Right, And she's right. like, oh, well, I've kept mine. And so as more people come looking for the opera singer, they continue to trap people in other oh rocks and then have their own little lovers. Oh, my God. And- <laughs> And the rock gains prestige this way and becomes the leader of the rock people. Oh, my God. Like, just, like, kidnapping humans. Yeah. And he's just chill with it. He doesn't want to leave. Oh, my God. That's an amazing book. And I cannot... I do not know the name. I... It hurts me every day that I don't know the name of this book. I have tried literally every version of searching for that, every tool in oh my, my arsenal. God. I've tried. My yeah. friend has a has a degree in like library science or some shit. Mm-hmm. She tried looking for it, can't find it. My other friend can't find it. We're all booksellers. We know how to search yeah. for books, can't find it. Yeah, like, yeah. You would think looking up pulp sci-fi rock alien swallows opera singer would fucking would, come up with something. Yeah, like you wouldn't have a lot of competition yeah like you would be able to pinpoint that book no swiftly no because for all i know there was only like a couple hundred of them made right it was in that era like there's no yeah yeah devastating no, that breaks my heart yeah i wish i want everybody also, to read that fucking book. i want to read that book <laughs> that book is just outrageous yes 
Yes, I that book changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> All becomes clear. And that's where I fell in love with sci-fi romance. <laughs> I mean, who can blame you after that? He was so that, happy. That is, that is an excellent gateway book. And I, I just love that, like, she was just like, yeah, I think I'll keep you. And then they just had they just had a bunch of babies. Well, Technically, so it had a baby HEA. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing that mm. makes me completely just, like, just yeah. unhinged. I, like, mm-hmm. romance doesn't belong in, in science fiction and yeah, fantasy. I know. That's, like, wh- like new and an invasion and yeah. like what like it's always been there it's always it's been there always it was in fucking there. lord of the rings like it's what are you doing always been there yeah like romance goes all the way back yeah what do you think the trojan war was fought over yeah love yeah i mean i this idea that like what are the two things that humans have historically cared about the most from literally the moment we had any sort of consciousness? Killing people yep. and having sex. Yep. That's it. Those are the two yep. things. Like, yep. those are the two things that we've been talking about for millennia. You yep. think that, like, your story is revolutionary because, like, you didn't include those things? No, it's just fucking boring. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like you're missing yeah you're missing missing you're missing a valuable human experience or you know this idea that like okay not everything needs to be about sex not everything needs to be about romance there are many people who do not want to experience those things sure but in its complete absence as in like never spoken of these people are completely sexless beings they're completely aromantic beings they never think about it i'm sorry aromantic people asexual people are constantly thinking about this shit because they don't want it in a world that is constantly telling them they should. Yeah. Like, that in itself is its own framing device. Like, that, yeah. that's context. And this idea that, like, there can be a world, a human world, that exists mm-hmm. without even the suggestion of those things mm-hmm. in the wider cultural context is insane. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. But, anyway. but it's but it's for Goyles. It's just for the little, the Goyles who want to really right. big Except boy books. Literally always been there. Like this yeah. is 1980, whatever we just said, yeah. right? 1980, like before I was born. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. we have this whole trilogy, and Kilachandra's life is literally changed because she had this affair mm-hmm. with this guy. Like she was heartbroken because like she was basically like couldn't become an inter- interstellar opera star so she like runs to the spaceport and meets this guy who is a member of this the heptite guild and he shows her this like incredible life that he's living on his vacation mm-hmm. and she becomes his like companion and like like because he's like oh like show me what there is to see on your planet like mm-hmm. i've never been here i don't know anything yeah so she like takes him all over the planet and they do all kinds of like whatever and and then he uh, and then like when they go back to the spaceport to leave to so that he can return to Ballybrand, a space shuttle explodes da, da, da. and the sonic like wave sonic mm-hmm. backlash of that explosion because it's driven by crystal which is what balibran heptide guild members mine mm-hmm. um there's always some sort of space crystal yeah yeah it it like basically 
puts him into a coma. Right? Like, he just, Mm -hmm. like, he's just knocked out. Mm -hmm. And so she, like, because she has spent all this time with this guy, she's like, well, I'm going to escort him home. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to apply to be part of this guild because he gets, like, the best treatment that I've ever seen anyone get in the history of time. Yeah. And I could be awesome. Yeah. You know? Love that shit. And so, like, she just, she goes for it. And, like, it's a whole thing. And, like, then she has, like, another relationship with one of the other people who, like, applies to be in the guild with Mm -hmm. her. And, like, let me tell you, Rimble, top notch. Mm -hmm. A plus hero. Like, just delighted. But that's not even the the end game either. That's that that's a lot There's for me. There's so many ships. That's a lot well, for me cuz I like it's, I it want to just be able to sense. commit to like, a character like, and love them. I know, and I think that that's why this trilogy it like yeah. really wasn't marketed as romance. Yeah. Because she does go through quite a number of dudes. But like it all feels organic and authentic. Mm-hmm. Like of course she like moved on. Mhm. Right? And yeah. like yeah. It's Anna Caffrey, so like of yeah. course there's like really questionable power like power dynamics mm-hmm. um in some of her relationships. And of course like ultimately she ends up in a support role to a somehow magically more powerful and better at what she already does guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> that's where you, yeah yeah. But yeah. he respects the hell out of her. All right. <laughs> yeah. And he's absolutely devoted to her as a partner. Listen, not everybody can be simp's for their wives, like like certain somebody's. I he's get it. definitely, but he's definitely a wife guy, though. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Like, so I'll, like, accept, I'll accept this humble offering. Yeah. Um, so, like, that is, like, the biggest problematic element, I think, of Anne McCaffrey's romances yeah. is that, like, she writes these phenomenally strong leading ladies. And then, like, ultimately, they all roll over. Yeah. To, like, some guy who shows up out of nowhere and is just somehow better. Yeah. At being schmoozy or politically savvy or yeah. slightly more powerful or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that that's... I hate to say it, but, like, it's the 80s. I mean, I literally, the first thing that comes to mind yeah. is, uh, fuck, uh, Warriors Woman, uh, Johanna Lindsay, um, oh. which is a, a classic. Um, it has a fantastic clinch cover. It was a 1980s um, uh, sci-fi romance, mm-hmm. one of the first, I think. Um, and so I say sci-fi lightly. It just, like, happens to take place on, like, another planet with like mm-hmm. advanced stuff mm-hmm, but like it's mm-hmm. it's it's you know what i'm talking about it's yeah, like yeah yeah it's it's sci-fi in the way that like sometimes women just wear bikinis you know right right right, <laughs> right and right. uh and in like it literally opens with um the heroine being like she's a super tough like warrior woman and uh-huh. she she's no man can take her no man right. Uh, can can tame her. She's right. a career woman, and she's like assigned to go to this like 
or I, I didn't get super far, honestly. But what happens is basically she <laughs> she encounters a, a like a barbarian planet full of these right, right. hot barbarian dudes. Naturally. And only the most powerful of them can subdue her. And right. then she yeah. then she's oh, she knows what it is to be a woman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like Anne McCaffrey's books yeah. have that same kind of like gender essentialist <laughs> like yeah. like weirdness yeah. Yeah. that like just like pops in and out mm-hmm. right like for the most part i think like she was she was progressive for yeah. her time for yeah. sure yeah you know but like there wasn't like there wasn't the same awareness you have to i mean that i we I, have now what's funny is i actually went back and re-listened to the first episodes of the podcast the other day mm-hmm. um painfully and with much sorrow i i listened <laughs> to the um, Flame of the Flower episodes, and they actually weren't as bad as I remembered them being, um, which is really a, a fun thing for my anxiety because I uh-huh. built them up to be terrible in my head. Anyway, uh-huh. um, but I went back and re-listened to them, and I because I was thinking about because I was thinking about mass markets, and I was thinking about the the um, you know the the rise and fall, yeah. and and how that has been so essential to the proliferation of romance and it being yeah. what it is today, and. You know, thinking about the legacy of that and of books like The Flame and the Flower and of books like Warrior's Woman and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and uh, what I said then I still stand by, which is that you have to meet books where they were at. Right. And that doesn't mean that they are above criticism. Um, You should you should absolutely criticize them and you should absolutely read them, you know, uh, critically, critically. Yeah. But 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 also expect them to be. Yeah. Something that they just aren't yeah or weren't yeah like this is why like this is like you have to like when you're reading a book yeah. to review it you have to review it for the book that it is yeah 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 not the book that you wish it were yes that's extremely valuable and i think that a lot of people review books as the book they wish it were yeah which is i mean i don't like as an author like i can't help you yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I I that's, like, that's I don't know what you want me to do with that. Like I, I can't, as like, an author, I'm like I wrote. I'm sorry, you know. I I I'm sorry that you had this other thing in mind. Yeah, like and, I, I don't I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you. I it I didn't write that book. I mean, it 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 is always funny to me because I am a person who is I'm a doer. You know, yeah. you, you know me. I'm a, I'm a doer. Yeah. I see something yeah. and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I wonder if I could do it, um, yeah. which is kind yeah. of how I've done literally everything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of have this like fundamental disconnect with people who are like, uh, you know, I think I don't understand why I love this book. But like, I wish they'd done this, 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 this and this. Right. And I'm like, right. I understand where this is coming from. But right. you do see how in this moment you are having you are you could be hurtling yourself down a path that could be really interesting for you because you could just write that you could do it you could do that i want you to do that do that i can't change my book for you right right you can write your book yeah and i want that yeah that (laughs) i i just have moments where i can look back in my own memory right Right, and I remember feeling that way, particularly uh, she who must not be named, um, yeah, yeah. seeing the uh, crimes of Grindelwald, blah blah blah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. being so angry yeah. at how she she had thought to build 
the like American magical system and how it was so completely yeah. not even close to anything an American would ever think to do. Naturally. And I was like, you think we'd have a fucking queen? You yeah. think we'd have a queen with a throne? N- yeah, what do no. you, what do you, where are the eagles? Where are yeah. the, where's the big eagle desk <laughs> that we would have? You know, shit like that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember yeah. walking out of there so angry that I literally was, I was in art school. Mm-hmm. I think this was Fantastic Beasts, actually. Um, and I, I was like, I always carried my moleskin around, my moleskin sketchbook. And I literally was like sitting in class and I completely redrew all of the props from like the like American like magical Congress yeah uh seven I was like this is not we wouldn't do any shit like and I just designed right. everything again because I was so angry right um and that but that's the that's the energy that yeah. we want you to bring right yes like, that's the energy like and like for me if a book or a story or a show or whatever makes me want to write mm-hmm. makes me want mm-hmm. to create something then even if i hated it that was a successful piece of work yes yes because that like ultimately it made me want to make something and now i'm doing the thing yeah yeah exactly and i i mean i literally started thinking about how I would like I'd already come up with the idea for like Margot and stuff like that at this point mm-hmm. but I hadn't really thought of like how the United States would be different with magic right. and stuff until right. that moment where I was like wait a fucking second that's right. not right. how we do right. it right, right. <laughs> and then I really started thinking about it yeah and that prompted me to eventually write the NPU right, right. so like right. these right. things it's a start of a path it's so every time I see one of those yes. comments which I don't read my reviews but I see them on other things yeah and I'm always just like, you're, you're so close. You're so close. <laughs> you're so close. You could do the thing. Just go, go start, go start, start by writing some fanfic. Yeah. Go write some fanfic, and then build up your skills so you feel yeah. confident to write your own stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. put something amazing out in the world. Yeah. You can do it. I believe well, in and, you. Like I think that like we are getting wildly off topic. Yes, now, we are. But I think that this is the fundamental problem with like fandom as a whole mm-hmm. in science fiction and fantasy right now mm-hmm. because everybody's getting so mad at what is being made mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it isn't what they wanted them to make and it's like buddy yeah. you could be spending all of this energy making the thing you want to see yeah it's harder to do than consuming something though and it and is harder to do. It's and it's like, a lot less rewarding. <laughs> these people are spending a lot of yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And I just it's one of those things where I just kind of have to take a step back and be like, okay, yeah. I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't understand this impulse. And mm-hmm. I have come to realize that there is a lot in the world that I just fundamentally will yeah. never get. We are speaking two completely different languages. Yeah. And that has to be okay. And I gotta just mm-hmm. Let her girl go. I gotta go. You just, I don't know. I don't understand you. We don't need to vibe. I guess I'm just gonna quietly excuse myself. I'm gonna Irish goodbye and <laughs> bon voyage, my friends. Yep. Cause that's yep. not me. I don't yep. know. I'm yep. just over here doing my dumb stuff and writing 
and scribble them and draw on and call yep. them it a day. Yup, 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 yup. Okay. All right, final book. Three. All right. Speaking of science fiction and fantasy fandom being totally wow. Yeah. Um, we're entering space opera. We love a space opera. Space opera. Shards of Honor and Baryar by Lois McMaster Bejold. This is two books in the Vorkosigan saga. Technically, they're the like the start of the saga because it's about Cordelia and Errol Vorkosigan, um, who are the parents of Miles Vorkosigan, who goes on to have like eight million other adventures. And he's a really interesting character too. But mm-hmm. Shards of Honor and Baryar are like their like it's like their courtship and their first year of marriage, and it is awesome. Okay. Oh. This is enemies to lovers. They're on different sides of a giant war. Oh, we love to see it. Star-crossed lovers, different worlds. Like, they come from so such wildly different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both so honorable and true to themselves mm-hmm. and, like, who they are. Like, it's just, like, you love to see, like, mm-hmm. this kind of, like, character who is just knows themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is this a sci-fi romance or is it a romantic space opera? Like, it really mm-hmm. walks the line for me. Like, all of the external forces are, like, pulling them apart. Yeah. But ultimately, we get the happily ever after for these two. And yeah. it's, like, there isn't, like, it, not like in, uh, it's not like in Crucial's Dart and, um, and in, crystal singer trilogy where there are a lot of other relationships along the way um like it's it's errol and cordelia otp well if that's the central like thing if that's the central story that's propelling the whole thing then i i mean i would call it yeah right i mean i feel like it it's really on the line okay because like cordelia starts off in the first book, Shards of Honor, she's like this explorer, like surveying a planet, and her survey team gets attacked. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the, what's going on? And then she finds, like, she is found by Errol Vorkosigan, who is the captain of the ship, of, of the crew that attacked her survey team. Mm. Right? And he takes her prisoner. We all. You know I love that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But he never makes a move ever. Monstrous. How he dare he? quietly falls in love with her. Fucked up. During a very long march through the wilderness. That's... Right? How dare he? How dare he do this? Right? Right? It's like... and But even better. <laughs> even better like they have to learn to work together in order to survive so it's kind of like the two of them against nature and then like the two of like and then there's all of these other political issues that like keep them apart whatever mm-hmm. but like the number of times in these two books that Cordelia sweeps in and saves Errol's bacon classic is just chef's kiss Italian hands Mm-hmm. Italian right, like, hand. <laughs> it is her signature move. We love it. And literally no one knows what to do with her. Like God. not even him. 
Like it's always just, like he's always just kind of like astonished and awestruck. Right? Because that. he's like together. Like he's yeah. like really like he's and but still she just keeps just surprising him. Yeah. Right? But like it makes sense with her character. Like it's not like it's like a like convenient whatever. Mm-hmm. Like she's just no nonsense gets shit done. Again, we love a girl boss. We, we love, love a it. Girl boss. And whatever that means. And mm. Errol Vorkosigan, mm-hmm. technically royalty. Of course. They yep. always are. Yup. He's basically third in line to become emperor of Beriar. What? Yeah. Oh. And he, um, like, the amount he does not want the job. Yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, doesn't sound like somebody who wants the incredible. job when he's out, like, hunting down certain <laughs> parties and shit. Yeah, it sounds like somebody who's like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Like, he yeah, yeah. does not. Like, he just, like, oh, it's incredible. So, like, like Cordelia, like, she's just oh, yeah. amazing. Like, just amazing. And their romance is, like, one for the ages like the way that they come together and then are torn apart at, by like duty and honor and then like end up back together again when like duty and honor betrays them it always <sighs> does right like it's just yeah. it's perfect it's perfect and then you have like so the first book is like their courtship uh-huh. and their different worlds whatever and the second book is okay they're married and now she has to figure out how to live in this society that yeah. from her perspective is w- super backward mm-hmm. and like they're completely outrageous and these people are threatening her life and her family and she's just like I am not having this <laughs> yeah I don't think I think I'm gonna hard pass on that <laughs> and then again it's like at, like external forces trying to pull them apart and drive like a wedge into their yeah, relationship yeah. and like make it impossible for her to like make peace with the fact that they're now living together in this civilization that is like so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then her just like being like, you know what? I'm going to just fix this. Like <laughs> if you can't do this, I like, guess with, I with have the to do it. Strains of your society <laughs> yeah. because you are Errol Verkosigan. Mhm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do what I do. I love it. And he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, she, she, she becomes basically like just like this mythic figure oh. because she's just so. Please, please read Shards of Honor. Please <laughs> do it. Please, please read Shards of Honor and Barry R. Please. I promise you will not be disappointed by their relationship. Did you read did you read the Alana series? I didn't. Okay, Amalia, straight up, you have to. Yeah. You have yeah. to. They're yeah. short books. There's there's yeah. four of them, but they're relatively short. Yeah. It starts off when she's like eleven. Do you know the yeah. do you know the plot? Well, like isn't she like a female knight or something? So basically what she does. She hold- <laughs> 
Oh yes. no, she she like secretly goes to train as a knight even though she's not so supposed to. So she hides. and her twin brother switch places. She's supposed oh. to be sent to a nunnery. He's okay. supposed to be, become the prince's okay. squire. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's she's supposed to learn like magic and yeah, yeah. and like being a wife. Uh, yeah. And he's supposed to become a, a knight. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to become an academic. Mm-hmm. So they swap these and. Uh, she ends up disguising herself as a boy. She right. lives as a boy for like two straight years. Right. And during that time, she like gets her period. It's like a whole mm-hmm. thing. She develops mm-hmm. feelings for the prince who's, mm-hmm. she's his squire. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up basically, she's chosen by the goddess to like mm-hmm. fight this evil that is like, in the world and she mm-hmm. fights it because she doesn't want to fucking use magic she wants to be a knight um right. and she ends up through the there's only like one book where she's straight up a kid and then the rest of them are like broadly speaking she's an adult especially in this world mm-hmm. um and she has a full relationship with the prince mm-hmm. in secret mm-hmm. um and he's obsessed with her mm-hmm. he loves her so much he thinks she's amazing he also mm-hmm. is like really possessive and kind of like doesn't understand her need to be independent of course, and be of powerful course, yeah. yeah um yeah. and she ends up basically leaving because he wants to marry her he wants her to be his queen and she's like i don't want that um and so while she's the hand of the goddess it's literally the name of one of the books um and she becomes this incredibly powerful sorceress and the first female knight of the realm Mm -hmm. she ends up basically living with this nomadic like desert people um, while she's trying to, you know, do what she do, big re-chosen chosen woman, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. destiny. Um, and she falls in love with this fucking amazing, like, chieftain. And uh-huh. like, oh my god, he's like, you're so powerful. Uh-huh. I'm so uh-huh. into this. Yeah. Um, and they have a bunch of sex in the desert. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so great. And he's just like, you have... You are everything. I think they call her like like the like flame haired one or whatever because she has like red hair and purple eyes and she's just kicked yeah. so much ass and yeah. she's like not used to people just automatically thinking she's worth a shit. So yeah. like when it's it's just oh, 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 so fucking good, so good. And the exploration yeah, yeah. of like what her gender is because she lives as a boy for so long and how mm-hmm. like she doesn't necessarily like identify as a woman for a lot of it and she kind of doesn't even know what that means until she has to Mm -hmm. kind of rediscover what her gender and sexuality are Mm -hmm. um and it's just i don't know it's it's so good i feel like these books would have been catnip to teen and like middle like middle school me like i would have been obsessed with them if I had known that they existed. Yeah. Maybe they came out after I was past that period. Might have been. Might have been. Might have just missed you. Because I am a little old. No, I don't know. I don't know. They were, they were, they've been around for a while. They were, they were old when I, when I received them. (laughs) So I... Well then, maybe maybe they maybe, were maybe, maybe they, they just were my it. time. They were just really but, like, great. I was reading a lot of Star Wars. Like, yeah, so that's true. It could have just been that I was distracted by the Star Wars. I books. also read the the Pelinor series, which was really fucked up. Did you read those? No, I no I've never heard so of the, those. So the Pelinor series is basically like high fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, like caste system medieval mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. where this girl is a slave, um, and she. 
uh, is like 13, something like that, when she's discovered. And there's like the system of magic in the world where bards are the main magical people. Oh. And they can make magic by making music or yeah, art I like or whatever. That. Yeah. It's it's awesome. But mm-hmm. she is discovered by this bard who happens to like stay where in her village or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like a full grown man and he discovers that this slave girl is is magical and she should have been sent to uh-huh. uh to learn uh-huh. um and he basically buys her and rescues her and then takes uh-huh. her t- to learn he like there's a system of like mentorship where like mm-hmm. you are taken on by a mentor and then you have to pass this test where you get a bard name essentially and if you don't get the name that means that you don't pass and you are just a regular person and you can't become a bard but if you do get your name you do pass. And her name, um, I think it's like Fire Lily or something like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's like a chosen one thing. Yada, yada. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. But it's like two, I think it's like two books and they are thick some books. Um, and she ends up like, they end up falling in love. <laughs> her and this man. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I know. And I like, I remember like reading as a teenager being like, there was a lot of that, though. Yeah, there was a lot of that. I'm like, there is a lot. I of wouldn't that. have even, the age gap. Like, okay, fine. Like, fully, she's an adult when they they fall in love or whatever. Right, right. But also, yeah. he was yeah. her mentor. Yeah, and we're just yeah, being like, yeah. ah. Yeah. Anyway, but the, like again, that's yeah. like very like yeah, nineteenth century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like twentieth, late twentieth century. Yeah, right? yeah. Like that's. Late twentieth century. That he's was her father like, figure and her why? lover, and so that's totally normal. I feel like it's only been in the twenty first yeah. century that we've been like, yeah, maybe not. Mm, mm, maybe not. Let's rethink <laughs> yeah. this. Let's... Did you read? Have you ever read The Blue Sword by Robin McKinley? No. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> Abigail. Yeah. You specifically. Me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> need to read uh-huh. The Blue Sword by Robin McKinley. You need it. Okay. You need it. I'm going to put down my phone. You need it. It's a literal award-winning book. Like, it's like middle grade. Oh. We're like in that weird, like, middle grade young adult space before young adult was a thing. Oh, kind of like, like, kind of like Percy Jackson, where it's like a, yeah, 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 yeah. But... But so good. Okay. It's okay. so good. Okay. And it's like this woman, like, or this girl, like, she has always just been, like, too much. For, I know like, what that's like. You and me both, Goyle. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and she's never really belonged and whatever. And then one night, like, she's in, like, the desert of this, mm-hmm. like, colonized place. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's like a, like her people have colonized this place and then the like they have trouble with the natives ah. um i air quoted that yeah listeners um and like one of the and this guy this chieftain one night is compelled by his magic to steal her okay and then train her and she like becomes this like fabled incredible warrior hmm. uh, uh, like of their people and she gets and she wields the blue sword oh. which is like a special like I would no assume. one has wielded it since yeah. blah blah <laughs> yeah, yeah. like 
it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, of course, across the this journey, they yeah. also fall in love. Like, yeah. they have different battles that they have to fight, but, like, they, like, and they just, they fall in love along the way. But, like, it's, like, weird because she's, is she is captive prisoner or yeah. are they equals or, like, what is the, like, so, like, they have to, like, navigate that. And I feel like yeah. they do a good job of, like... Yeah, I mean, that's like trying to like say, hmm, like this was like all of this context is weird. Yeah. And but like we are still having these feelings there. I will say that to give the Pelinor books some credit, it takes like a thousand pages for them to even begin to have romance between them. Right. And really it only begins to happen after he like straight up dies. He falls off an ice cliff essentially. Oh, of course. Of course. And of course. they get separated for a long time and then they come back together and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, things are different now. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like a grown ass woman and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's handled better than it sounds like it is. It's kind of like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. when I talk yeah. about the changeling, uh, side changeling books, there yeah. is a couple in it. There's Hawk and Sienna. And when Hawk and Sienna meet, Hawk is the alpha of the wolf pack, the big super powerful wolf pack. Mm-hmm. And she is a chain she's a she's a psi who is taking refuge with his pack along with her her family. And she's like 17 when she joins yeah. his pack. Yeah. And over the course of like like nine books or whatever, they have like this really super contentious relationship as she's getting older and older, and like he is feeling like the like mating urge or whatever and he like can't deal with the fact that she's so much younger than him and like he can't deal with any of it he also has his own baggage remates and stuff but like you know when you if you were just to pick up the book and be like okay she's like 19 and this like 35 year old dude like like no 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 but in the context of this series it's like okay like i've seen how they got here right right and i understand much I have much more compassion for the characters and why this might have happened. Yeah. I mean I feel like Yeah. It's not there great. Are it's not my ways choice, but to yeah. approach things yeah. like that that are better than others. Yeah. And like acknowledging that they're like that it's like kind of like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, there's like, a level of is... self awareness that's too much and that but there is there is an right, amount in right, there that's right, good. right, right, right. Yeah. But like like you need to like you have to have like a little self awareness is bare mm-hmm. minimum. Yeah. Like a that's bit. that's like that's the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's like it's an imaginary bar, but it's there. It exists. <laughs> you have to at least talk about it. Like at some point. Yeah. Right, right. All right. Well, uh, I we have done some dissecting of the genre. We have. We? My goodness. Yeah. A lot um, of books please, discussed. Please, seriously, though. Seriously, seriously, read Shards of Honor. Okay. Ser- okay. Seriously. Seriously. What about seriously. The Shield's Dart? Do you want me to read that? Yeah, I do want you to read okay. that. But, like, I also, I just, Errol and Cordelia. Errol and Cordelia. Forever. Five ever. O-T-P. Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 All right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like the rest of the series goes off like on like the whole different. Yeah. Like that's like really more space opera and more focused Mm -hmm. on like Miles and his growing into his adulthood. And like he he's he's disabled in a world 
where like that is like basically if if anyone but Cordelia had been his mother, mm-hmm. like they would have just killed him. Ah, super fun. Yeah, yeah. So like he really has a he really has a story. And, yeah. Like it's good, but like. But where's the smoochin'? Cordelia. Where's the smoochin' though? Is the question. Have the smoochin'. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Well, you gotta you gotta read the Alana series though. Yeah, I do need to read those. Clearly, they're short. So now that we've exchanged a a to be a, a TBR. Yeah. List. <laughs> yes. Now, the, for, listeners, do whatever you want. Molly and I have our homework. Okay. Oh, I feel man. like yeah. I mean, like, that's how, is, I feel like that's how this always ends. But that's us, always though. how it yeah. goes. Yeah. Um. No regrets. No. No. No regrets. Uh, but I okay. hope that the readers or the listeners of your podcast enjoy some of this good gateway. Yes. Before, you know, you enjoy F- your fourth F- wing. F- you you enjoy those things. You enjoy all the stuff that we're, we're yeah. getting now. It's a yeah. feast out here. It's it great. It is a feast. Yeah. And that's wonderful. But, you know, it helps to know the context of how we got here. And there are other stuff that, you know, not everything in the past was was great, but also not everything in the past was garbage. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot to read. And you should, you should explore that. that. That's basically the thesis of this, I think, right? I, yeah. And, like, well, like, respect. Yes. To those who came before us. You paved the way. And you who made mistakes. The way as we make for, mistakes. For us to be able to just feast on this. Yes. At this table, this table full of, full of food. Yeah. All this good soup. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Molly, what you got? Uh, I totally forgot to make a plug list, but I guess th- what? Come on now. I have a podcast now. You do. Um, it's a serialization of my like retelling of the Trojan War that I swear I was never going to write. Guess what? I wrote it because of course I did. And uh, then now I'm reading it to you uh, a couple chapters at a time. Uh, Lots of binge now. Yeah. There's like, I don't know, eight episodes live on Spotify, Amazon, um, Apple, you know, all the places places where you get podcasts. Yeah. Um, And there's even more of it available on my Patreon. Um, for those of you who want to patron up for as little as a dollar a month, you can listen to, like, there's like 18 episodes up over there. Like, it is a yeah. real feast. Um, so yeah, come, come along for their journey, I guess, and find out how I wrote a non-tragic love story by romance into into the Trojan War because I'm really mad about Song of Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's so called funny. a broken horse. Uh, I, I feel like that's critical information. To be to be fair, to be fair, hilariously, uh it is I mean, obviously in the bookstore like my 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 pals know my pals know the difference between a romance novel and just a love story right and my my friend isaiah was telling me the other day he's like yeah you missed it there was a there was a girl in here on day when you weren't in and she was asking for romance novels and like all this stuff and i was you know giving her all the recs and whatever because he's he's what i would call a romance ambassador at this point my boy knows what's up but um 
Uh, he's like, he's, apparently uh, some, as happens sometimes, customers will yep. overhear us selling, you know, trying to give recommendations and they will pitch in with their own recommendations, which uh-huh. sometimes is really great and sometimes it's not so great. Yep, yep, and yep. in this instance, she comes over and apparently she has Song of Achilles clutched in her hand and she of goes, course. she slaps it down on the counter and she goes, you need to read this one. It's an amazing romance. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's not. Nope. And uh nope, and nope. Isaiah had to quietly factual statements. Yeah, Isaiah had to quietly uh, be like, Well, you know, it's certainly got love in it. If yeah. you like the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, you did Trojan different War. things. Trojan War retelling, like you like really like like it has not been seen before because I focused on a character that nobody else knows exists except for me because that's how I roll and and also I like released a oh a really sexy novella about yes you Aza did and Poseidon um, as Amalia Carousella and I, I I very much encourage you to to check that one out your what girl made that? sure Amalia leaned the fucking yeah <laughs> Me, Abigail, is this too much? No, do more. <laughs> yeah. Do more. Make it sexier. Yeah, um, and that one is called The Lion of Trozen. Yeah. Um, also by Amalia Carousella. It's only available as an ebook. It's also on my Patreon. Um so yeah, I feel like those are the highlights for right now. Right. Uh, Amalia Carousella has been doing some good works. Um you got uh, a you got a big old backlist. Anybody wants some, to check you out? There's, there's a lot, lot of Amalia Dillon works for you to check out. Also, yeah. like the tenth anniversary of Forged by Fate, and a, and Amalia Teresa also does a bunch of rom coms, oh, yeah. contemporary yeah. rom coms. First uh, books free, playing to win yeah. by Amalia Teresa. Uh, it's perfect for this time of year because there's like a whole like costume party, Halloween party at a frat house, and like I remember the cat costume, couples costumes. Yup, yup. Uh, low-key cost- couples costumes yeah. wherein both parties are not aware that these are couples costumes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Get your spooky season on and yeah. read read some book. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of book, I got stuff. Yeah, Abigail, <laughs> tell us all about your books. Please go buy Vital right now. I think Vital's right I think Vital's pretty good. Uh, Vital's real good. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote an entire book on uh, werewolves that's based on rabies and the medical mystery surrounding rabies and the uh, creation of the rabies vaccine. Um, and uh, you might think, Abigail, that sounds crazy. Well, you know what? Yeah. I got nothing there to refute but that. it's great. <laughs> but I think it's pretty cool. It's um, great. Uh, it's got shifteds in it. It's got forced proximity. The most forced a proximity can be proximityed and forced. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> um, and it's got multimedia elements. Um, Burden's Bonds is coming up very soon. Mm. It hits blah, December 12th. Cannot um, wait. Yes. Arcs go out in November. Uh, and I am very... Work arcs. Orc arcs. I'm very nervous. I'm also very excited. Um, I hope people like it. It's been a hoot and a half. Uh, Just based on the art that I have seen coming out of this book alone. Yeah. I cannot wait. 
It's it's really it's, I cannot wait. I've been told it's quite the ride. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's one hell of a road trip romance. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Um, and what else do I have? Oh, Merman book starts very soon. Um, yes. Merman book starts probably in November. I'm working on a lot of stuff. I got moon gifts and stuff to, to sort out before, before then. So that's going to be a little bit, I want to do it in October, but things happen. Um, and, uh, we're going to start it before the end of the year. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So Merman book coming out. Uh, it's called Far Away. I should be releasing the cover uh, probably next week or so. Uh, I wanted to do it this week, but I got mad at the cover that I drew. So, well, I mean, you've had a lot going on, so I a have. week delay is totally doesn't seem too bad. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean, all the things, all the things happening all the time. Yeah. Um, please, please, please read Abigail's books. She won't say it, but I'm gonna. Oh, okay, God. I'm gonna say it. If you like Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass, and you like a court of the, if you like get Abigail's books <laughs> on your read list. If you liked Fourth Wing, mm-hmm. like good for you. I did too. But Abigail's books are even better. Doing my best out here. Doing my best. I got like, fun this things is planned. The romanticy you need. In your life, I you know some of them are higher stakes than others. I you know there's a lot of yeah. not everything is like no not er- everything is the end of the world and we no. love it. You we know some things it. are just falling in love with with a you know with a big old blue yeah. virgin and calling it a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that does have like a pretty significant impact on the rest of the world it has a massive impact on literally everything everywhere (laughs) and it's hilarious i i think like people are like wow i like expected there to be like you know like fighting and stuff and i'm like there didn't need to be it's it's already high stakes enough trust me (laughs) if if they didn't get together literally nothing else in the series would have happened listen i i recognize i am not impartial but i would like you to know Mm. That no one that I have recommended these books to has been disappointed yet. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. We love to see it. I actually had to sign a book for a customer in the store the other day. Um, And I was, I got caught unaware as I was rushing into the back to eat my lunch bagel. And they, they had my book and uh, they were like, oh, can you, can you sign it? I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) Did you want me to customize it? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, you know, you don't have to buy it just because I'm here, right? <laughs> it's okay. I won't be mad. <laughs> You're oh, listening Abigail. to this, reader. God bless you. You bought it. I signed it for you. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's all That's all going on. I got a lot of books happening all the time, everywhere, constantly. Um more books coming. I should be announcing book four very soon. Um, close to the end of Burden's Bonds, which will be in November. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it'll all be, it'll all be a thing, eh? Um, Please go patron up. Go patron yes, up. Yes, and if you want a pin, like I'm going to be getting the pins in the next couple of months here. I, I suspect I will be plopping them in with the moon gifts because just those by... pins are yeah. so pretty yeah you you do want one my manufacturer was like oh my god these are so pretty so you know they're good yeah yeah 
Um, so yeah, if you want one and you don't want to have to like pay an upcharge for them, by which yeah. I mean you just subscribe to the Patreon and I'll send you one. Yeah. Um, then join the Patreon. Um, that'll like, be you also from Etsy is no joke. Can 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 confirm you want the moon gift. You want oh. the moon gift. I can't wait for the moon gift. Yes. You really so so desperately you want to be a patron during December because you will get a moon gift. And the moon gift, if I can just toot my own horn here, beats the shit out of the one I did last year. So Listen, if you only have finite resources for patronage, mm-hmm. please, please patron up with Abigail because she does such, like, such good value. I try. I try. Yeah. Find new fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so all of my links are going to be in the episode notes, as well as all of Molly's links, as well as the books that we talked about. Unfortunately, I will not be able to include the link to the Rock book as much as I desperately wish I could. If <laughs> However, you know internet. it, internet. If you know the title or the author or like have any leads on this book of a Please. sci-fi opera singer being swallowed by a rock alien to make babies and then kept as a pet, please fucking tell me. Because that would just make everything better. All of my problems solved. Skin clear. Hydration ingested. Like, all of it. Please. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. Uh, Please please tell me if you find that book. Thank you! (laughs) Bye! Bye! Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.